we all are going to come in thinking, well, this is the right way, yeah. naturally, you know. And so that's where we we always want to point it to kingdom culture. Oh, it's yeah. not the American way. It's not the Brazilian or the Japanese way. Like, what's actually kingdom culture? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to uh, another episode of the Iris Global Green Room Podcast. Uh, we are back today with some really special friends of mine, Herbert and Lorelai Barbudi. Yes, that is their last name. Don't make fun of them. I, I get to, though. But only Herbert, <laughs> not you, Lorelai. Uh, Herbert and Lorelai currently live in Japan, uh, pioneering a, a brand new missions base there, planning a church, as well as Herb is on the board of Iris Global. Herb has been a part of Iris since he was 17 years old. How old are you now? 36. Wow. So it's 37. So almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. Chunk of time. These guys are good, good, good friends of mine. And I look up to both of them. I know you're going to enjoy this. Do me a favor. Hit like, hit subscribe. And you you are definitely going to want to share this because uh, I believe today's just going to be full of fun and gold. How the heck are you guys? <laughs> we're good. We're excited to be here with you. Are you? Yes. Really? We are. So Is excited. it just because we're offering free childcare? Right now? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> no, we're so pumped. We're excited. We're doing well. I think, you know, we're, this has been, we're at the end of a, our first tour through the U.S. Mm -hmm. Since we've been in Japan, it's been really refreshing. Just seeing people, seeing what God's doing here in the U.S. And yeah. Being with you guys, it's been a highlight. Just lots going on in Nashville. It's amazing. There is a so. lot going on here. Yes, yeah. it's my first time seeing what God's doing in Nashville with Iris Global and just the community here and so much has changed in two and a half years. It's also my first time back to America yeah. after getting to Japan. So, so two so years? Two and a half years, yeah. Two and a half years, mm. first time back. Yeah. Man, yeah. so you guys, give us a little <laughs> bit of history. How long have you guys been married? Uh, going on 13 years. 13 years mm -hmm. and you guys met where? We met uh, next to Regent University, where we were both attending. Mm -hmm. um, and Virginia Beach. Yeah, in Virginia Beach. And had a fun time there doing missional community. And, yeah, going to some pretty, yeah, just doing outreach in some uh, poor neighborhoods there and doing life all in a, in a community there. And then um, I went to Mozambique for the Harvest School yep. where – it was already his home. I didn't really know his <laughs> his whole story, but he showed up there, and we started dating shortly after. Wow, that's the very short. Okay, version. so what 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 was your intro to get to know? What was it? You're like, are you are you an angel? <laughs> what line? My first. You my yeah. Oh, you want to know? I would the actually like to know. Yeah, please, 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 please. Okay, so this I, is, I've never seen this really part. part of this her. is a very interesting story. So a mutual friend was like, you guys should meet because mm -hmm. Lorelai, you want to do missions. This guy's been a missionary for a while. And so you guys should be friends because I was about to leave and go leave everything. And so she was like, hey, here, here's my friend. And she left us together alone, like at the church. How old were you guys? Just really quick. 19 and 20 or 19, 20 21. and 21. Okay. And, um, and I didn't have a full context because there was a lot of missionaries that had come in that day so I was like oh hi oh oh we're both at the same university oh cool oh and he was like oh wait what school in Regent are you oh religious studies oh I want to be me Pharisees too. you know yeah. and uh and he was like oh wait so you haven't heard of me I, I'm like a legend over there and I was like stop you said this Herb 
Okay. I did say that. Okay. No, then, okay. Just wait, wait on the sidelines. I want to hear all of this. Then I he did. was like, I, I, I got to go and walked away. That was it. Was this a strategy? And it worked out, Hold everybody. On, was this like a strategy? I think or were you was. just pompous? <laughs> no, it, I was humble and I was being honest. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, I was in that celibate mode. I don't know. We weren't quite as close okay. back then. We need to talk about celibacy. We need to. It's a real call. And so, but it, for me, it wasn't like a lifelong celibacy thing, but <laughs> either you are celibate or you're not. It's I true. Feel like. It's true. But what I would tell people is like, I'm, I'm living now unsure if I'm ever going to be married. And so that's what God was doing in my heart. So by the time Lorelai came, I'd already been at that university for about eight months that first year. And then mm -hmm. I was back in Mozambique for the summers yeah. doing the school and helping with outreach and several things. So I just came back and everybody in that kind of you know, bubble it was a very small school. And mm -hmm. um, they all knew I was a celibate monk. That was my nickname. I was a celibate monk. His, I lived in the his monastery. His home was called the monastery. And oh like, you know, goodness. a girl like went up to you, right? And, you know, several girls would just go, don't like this guy. You know, he's not flirting. He doesn't, he's not He's dating. dangerous. And so. <laughs> are you serious? No, they said, don't ever think about liking Herbert by Rudy because he will confront you and tell you that you're in sin. Basically, if you show any like kind of- rumors, right? This, this is, is like, hold on. All happening. Because I hear the same thing from missionaries. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Except the, they're like, don't let Herbert confront you. <laughs> yeah. tell you you're that's in sin. That's a different, that yeah. still happens. Okay. But no, continue on, Lorelai. I like this. Yeah, so I mean, then um, we ended up, my f same friend convinced me to come hang out with them at an event at his house. I was like, yeah, it's not going to be fun. But they were so... Just a confrontation <laughs> party. <laughs> no. Actually, it was a... It was a little. little. It was a little different. It was a anime, uh, okay. anime party, which was... I don't know if that's better or worse, but... It's worse. Um, but it's, we can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Then we got called Japan, so yeah. it worked We out. had no idea. But <laughs> anyway, so um, they actually were... That community was so radical, so in love with Jesus, and I had, I had been so hungry to live what I was seeing in the scripture, mm -hmm. leave everything behind, sell everything you have, come, you know, come follow me. I um, mean, I was doing it. And I thought, oh, I must be the only one with like the hundred people that I know around me in church life. And then come to realize, no, there's, there's other people yeah. doing this. Um, Cause I was about to leave for the mission field. So they were really inspiring. He was the only person that wasn't like, you're an idiot for leaving university, leaving everything behind and going to missions. He was the only one that was like, yeah, go do that. Go leave everything. Um, wow. So it was very inspiring to me. Nothing romantic at all. He was obviously a celibate monk. <laughs> Nothing romantic. <laughs> That's what I want to hear in my later. origin I story am, yeah. and marriage. And then, <laughs> we weren't dating. Yeah, and we, then we were just friends God spoke point. to me in the middle of a huge encounter about my calling and different mm -hmm. things. There was like a pause and heard the audible voice of the Lord say, you will marry him. And I saw him sitting in his room where he was. And the Lord pointed him out. So Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. Because that doesn't make it easy, right? Just because the Lord says that. Right. What do you think? Do you think people need to have that word before they marry someone? Um, I think that you should hear from the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an audible mm -hmm. voice. But um, if you know that you want to serve the Lord and you might do hard things, which is everyone that yeah. follows Jesus, yeah. you need that foundation of God put us here together and he's ordained this marriage to to have that confidence when everything is shaken. So yeah. um, I needed that. Certainly we've needed that. Um, and yeah, so I think it's a great idea to hear from God about your marriage. Yeah, it's the second in. biggest decision of your life. And then how old were you when you guys got married? <clears throat> 22 and 22 23. and 23. 22 yeah. and 23. Uh, do you think it's wise to get married young? 
depends. If you're mature. <laughs> you know, it depends. I think it's, so we even started dating and I think a lot of people, they assume a lot about God's will based mm -hmm. on opportunity and what's happening around them. Okay. Right. So it's like, it's an open door. So this must be God. Right. This I'm, I got to accept the universe. I had a scholarship. So that must be the school I'm going to without really asking God. And so actually something we did, we both needed a sign for like marriage, just pursue the relationship. And I got a, a sign. I had a ring and, and, you know, I was praying. I was actually with Heidi up in New England doing a thing at universities. And she was always not a fan of the celibate thing, you know, and I had long no. hair and like, you know, didn't want to be attractive. And, and she was like, what is wrong with you? You know, she's like, get married, love, you know? And, and I was like, nah, you know? And so, but she's my leader. And I said, mm -hmm. you know, she said, oh, your heart's gone hard. And I was like, ah, I'll pray about it. So I went home after that and I did, I prayed about it. And I, you know, and I felt the Lord say, hey, what do you, what do you need to break the vow? And I went back to when I made it year, a couple years before. And I, and I don't do this. I think you know this. You know, like, yeah. I don't like going like, God, you would have to move this way, otherwise I won't move. Right. That's not normal. But in this area, it is such an important decision. I knew God's heart. He wanted me to be in the right place. And so I just said, I need a sign, right? Or I need an angelic visitation or audible voice. And so um, I had a ring that I put on with the, with the vow, right? And so with me, jewelry, you know, I often would get signs with that. And so I knew it was going to be with that. If it was a sign, I would have preferred an angelic visitation but you know right when i pray i started praying about lorelei who was a close friend i didn't have any real feelings for but she's going to the mission field and there's some things lining up um that were you know amazing i i really admired her um and so i started praying into that and immediately you know when i heard the lord asked me that it was after i was praying about lorelei um i said what i said in the beginning i need a sign or a, and and immediately my ring broke it snapped what? and so like just it just, well, no, no, it didn't fall off. It just went bing okay. like this. It just it, it opened up. It was the up. ring that was like he put on. Remember the Congo? The I mm -hmm. got a ring, remember, yeah. to, because of the single girl Cassandra on, on mm -hmm. the team. It was that one, but I, I moved to the other hand. So it was a steel or like silver, I don't know, ring. And it, so it just popped, you know, immediately. And so we were, I think we we're both, when we first found from the Lord, like this clarity, we didn't talk to you. We didn't know how the other was feeling. It was like, for me, it was worrying because like, oh, I don't have the emotions. I don't have the, right. but that came within, for me, for like two days after that, you know? Um, and so, you know. On, you didn't have the emotions to enter into a relationship? Is that what I wasn't saying? like, He was oh terrified my gosh, that God was going to call him this. to marry someone he didn't. Yeah, when you, you know, love. you're doing ministry, you're young. And you know, you know with, with leaders that you see in stories, you're like, God might call me to marry someone I just don't like. Yeah. Right. I, I don't I, know if I've never like that. I've never engaged in that idea. Okay. Because I want to not only like, and I don't, I just don't, I don't believe that God will torture you. Right. The, well, what you said it's the second greatest decision after salvation. I believe the exact same thing. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think that God's like I'm going to torture you. Like I'm going to use this to purify you. Right. Yeah. You know. So. I, well, I 100% agree. But you know, as a young person, I didn't know. You right. Know, like I just got this sign from God. I don't have. All the emotion. Laura was beautiful and she was great, but I just, I was in that total mode where I was really finally like at peace with not, not being married and doing whatever God's asking me to do. So I, I was just kind of like, God, if this is the one you're going to give me the love and, and, and that happened, I mean, within a day or two, like okay. all of a sudden these emotions started to flood in and, and I had no idea um, what was happening for him. She didn't know <laughs> she was about to leave to Mozambique. And so, but even in that, it's like, when, when do I start? dating she was about to move to Mozambique and I think a lot of people rush in so you're asking you know it's like you got to know the timing so like young or old like we we even starting to date I remember us talking going 
you know, we're not just assuming we're going to get married as soon as possible. We have to pray. Like we both have callings. We both were like engaging in missions in different parts of the world. And what if it's in five years? Like mm -hmm. we don't, you would assume that maybe it's sooner, right? That, that would be, that would make sense to us, but we didn't know. And so we weren't even going to engage in talking about really going further in marriage until we knew the date. And because it changes so much. This is the most romantic story I've heard in a long time. Is it? Well, we were in love. We wanted to get married. And <laughs> we jumped. How did, when did you jumped know you a were whole in bunch love? of things. Yeah. When did you know that you were in love? Well, God knew what my heart. He was so when did you know sweet that you were with in love? my heart. Uh, in Virginia Beach, yeah. I it was actually such a blessing that he was incapable of having romantic feelings because that was like what I needed to be friends with him and then just watch him minister and love I Jesus. Love um, and slowly my heart opened because I had had a lot of yeah. past and history and stuff that I was healing from. And so it was like what my heart needed. So by the time I left for Mozambique, I was like, I got to get out of here because it's, if it's going to be like eight years till his celibacy breaks, like I cannot be in the same place with him because I really have feelings for him. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to leave. I'm going to do my life. I'm going to do radical missions. And one day God will speak to him and like show up in the mountains of Thailand and yeah. take me away and marry me, you know, in eight years was my like, I was convinced it was seven to eight years because of different things. Yep. Um, actually, the Lord woke me up one night and like it was the word seven and I knew it was timing and marriage. So I thought it was going to be in seven years. But he actually ended up coming to me and, and speaking to me in Mozambique the first day of the seventh month of that year. So that was confirmation actually for me from the wow. Lord that yeah. uh, when I came home, like, oh, seven, that's what the seven was. And I want people to know, if you're listening, you know, people that are listening. It, it was romantic. It was beautiful. And we had all the <laughs> We're young as well. And we, yeah. and God was so, so gracious. Like we're, we're telling you like, I think the part, because that comes pretty naturally. Yeah. So I, I emphasize the parts that don't come as naturally yep. because people are going to feel in yeah. love. Yeah. They're going to feel the emotions. And like, you know, especially you have two beautiful people, including myself, it's mostly Laura. Like, but, you know, and you're going to feel those those feelings. It's easy, but it's the part of, of letting God into that process. Yeah. That's the harder part. Mm -hmm. um, because when you want to get married, of course, we wanted to get married. You know, yeah. you have hormones, you have love, and you're just ready. And we're... Worlds apart, we're doing long distance or, you know, it was not fun, but it's, it, everything changes when you get married. It's mm -hmm. just like kids. People are like, should I have kids right away? You need to pray. You know, like it changes everything to have a kid in your first year of marriage or having it right. three years in. It does. Your whole ministry, your life. And you have to know that that's what God wants you to do in that moment. You know, we, you, you know, we were even at, with Iris right here in, in the U S and like opportunities to travel, go yeah. visit base, go, well, I have two little kids that are under five. Yeah. So it's not a season where I get to just take off every weekend, you know? And if it was like, I didn't have kids or my kids were older, then that would have changed. But God knew that season. He lined it up and we're confident of the timing. Yeah. You know, and you don't want to be in that place where you're like, did I do this right? Because you made those plans right. yourself. Is this what I should be doing? You know? I think the truth is we were both extremely passionate for whatever we were doing, including being in love. And so yeah. we needed the Lord to clearly yeah. speak through each process. He's Brazilian, if anyone knows. Brazilians he, he, are very passionate. Brazil. He's Brazilian, Italian, That's American, right? right? That's, That's right. right. <laughs> yes, so we have deep emotions. So we really needed the <laughs> Lord to like walk us through that process. Okay, so. we could talk about marriage for hours, but like it, what I love, what I would love, we just, we, you just spoke at YWAM in Kona. I spoke at YWAM in Kona and we just got back. Come on. Uh, there's a group, you know, 19, 18 to 25 year old single. Like if you could in three sentences, each, each of you 
give them your best piece of advice, even the even the ones watching. Marriage. On marriage. Finding finding, finding and one. entering. Mm. What what would it be? You you start. Get lost in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um and let him write your love story. That may sound generic or it may not, but he will write the best love story. And then keep your heart open um, in that process, which is vulnerable and can be very painful if it takes longer than you hoped. Mm. But staying open to to Jesus opening your heart and someone else opening your heart and staying surrendered to him in that process. Yeah. Um, and he will write the most beautiful love story, way better than you could... Come on. I love that. Yeah. Great answer. Herb? Fast and pray. Fast and pray. <laughs> I mean, true. you know, but I agree. Lo- keep your heart open, but also submit it to God. Yeah. You know, I think hormones, like our own ambition, it throws, mm-hmm. a little, you know this, it throws people yeah. off. It's not, you know, people treat it so lightly, but it's it's not. Yeah. It's not a light thing. You're, you're joining to another human for your whole life. Now, of course, there's a lot of divorce going around, but that's not God's desire. It'll derail people. 100%. And so I think take it seriously. Fast pray, submit to God. And then when it's the right time, mm. go with it. You know, yeah. there's the other side of just close your heart too hard and just yeah. getting disillusioned or disappointed. And you then know? once you're married, connection, pursuing yeah. connection in the midst of. And keeping. So how everything. do you guys do that as you guys are pioneering in Japan, pioneering around the globe? How do you guys connect? I mean, very practical little things. We we have always done community, so we always have mm-hmm. lots of people, including our kids, our three amazing boys. Just let me pause you for mm. one second. When you say you do community, that means we live mean? with people. Right. We disciple life on life, and they are full time with us in some ma- manner. Whether they're full time missionaries or coming to kind of receive healing in your house, in our home, yes, meals together, Constantly. we go out together, mm-hmm. um, and so that's what we've done actually from. Not the first, like, I think the first year, maybe, at least the first eight months, we didn't have people living in our home. But pretty much since then, we have. Um, and so dates, regular dates, part of how those that we're pouring into can can serve and contribute is watching our kids so that we can go on a date and get that connect me and him time. And then daily, we've been growing in just daily connects. Sit mm. down. What was your high? What was your low? Praying together, even mm. if we're both falling asleep at the end of the day like it's and it feels like okay this but it really helps to just take those moments together and hear how our hearts are doing hugging is important let's go yeah hugs 30 second regular hug. 30, 30 second hug. Somebody somebody came up this with this there's thing. a formula but somehow it works no it really <laughs> makes a difference these simple daily you know you don't always feel like doing certain things but it does like pursuing connection above mm other things is like so important i've hugged herb a lot and it's, it's like good. hugging like a big furry teddy bear yeah you know we're not done 30 seconds let's try it after <laughs> the on pot. video yeah Do we, let's try it see if it works yeah uh it sounds delicious <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh no it's it, it is important i mean you know there's so many tools out there right. you know you know i think it's a matter of just trying them i don't know if there's one that but you know, that taking the time was a big one for us as mm-hmm. we're busy, like to be intentional with our hearts in a way that also wasn't about everything going on yeah. mm-hmm. all the time. Sometimes in marriage, you, you know, it, for us, it's just easy to kind of like point frustration at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the truth is there's a lot of just stress and things going on. Not that we need to be stressed, but there's just stressors out there and, and we're dealing with a lot of people's stuff and we might even perceive 
a situation differently. Mm -hmm. That happens every once yeah. in a while. And, you know, <laughs> well, just and <laughs> very rare. rare. It is rare. A rarity. In yeah. a blue moon, we <laughs> will perceive things differently. And, you know, but even how to deal with somebody. Someone right. like did this. Oh, you should have grace on them. No, I'm going to bring the hammer down. It's time. You know, it's, you know, we're not exactly like that. But it's just internally, we're, we're really processing things different and knowing how to come together where it's not, you're not the, Lorelai's not the enemy. Someone else is not the enemy. We're talking through something. And we are allowed to have these different opinions. We're allowed to bring in different things and letting each other right. be that different person. Yeah. That was really I tough because we're constantly doing ministry together and we're constantly representing each other, mm. right? And so, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of what I see a lot of people doing, we did this a lot, was like, we want to make sure the other person is saying something that we feel as well. Yeah. You know, so like you say something, I'm like, oh, well, Right. You know, no, I don't agree. I want to make sure I like, you know, yeah. and then so that dishonors her. And just, oh, that's the story of me and my wife. Yeah. We so say the exact opposite things. Yeah. 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 And she'll be like, uh, no, I believe the opposite. Yeah. 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 And and only, that did not happen. Yeah. And, and that's the worst. And that's not the Lord. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've gone to the same marriage counselors. That's we have. Right. You guys yeah. are the ones that introduced, introduced us. us. Yeah. 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 The boxes. So, uh, Steve mm -hmm. and Lorraine, we love you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Steve and Lorraine, I love you. No, yeah. it's so amazing. And you're the one that introduced us, and that was a huge blessing. And so they gave us that tool, the 10, what was it, like 1%, just taking 1% of the time, 10 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. Once a week, we do a, a date. And then you're supposed to do once a month? I don't remember. Or a year. Oh, the 1% rule that they taught us. You go, I don't know you go out and, like, have intentional time. You know, so 10 minutes a day, once a week, you do a date for yeah, a, couple a couple hours. hours and then no way. Like a weekend. We, and then we never got taught that. We, oh, really? Lucy and I were just stuck in like, hey, shake each other's hands. You know, <laughs> like we didn't get to progress to the 1% rule. I, I hated tools. Really? I hated tools. Yeah. I mean, and I was in that like boat. I hated, I thought it was the most cheesy, yeah. not real <laughs> thing. Like for me, my, like, I'm like this is how I feel and like yeah. this is God and this is real you know yeah. Yeah. and they taught me tools and Steve and Lorraine were the first ones to teach a tool that revolutionized my life yeah. and revolutionized the way that I talk to people and lead and it was ask questions mm. and clarify the question yeah reflecting reflect it yeah right yeah. what I think I hear you saying is this I, yep. and I'll know I fought it and fought it and fought it and, fought, and then one day like I tried it it wasn't even on Moosey. It was on, like, a team member. And night and day. And then I started using it on my kids, and then I think I trickled into Moose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my wife's Moosey, by the way, for those of you guys. Oh, know. come on. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. We use, we we do. We try to, at our best, we use it. And sometimes, you know, we don't. But when we're, when like, we're really yeah, we feeling like, oh, we're really missing each other. Mm. I think that happens a lot in marriage. And in a relationship, when discipling, we also use that. You know, yeah. this is what I think, you know, Exactly, like you said this is what I'm hearing from you. Yeah, are you? Is that what you mean? And they're, you know, often it'll be like, ah, uh, no, or, or yeah, no, yeah. that's what I mean. You know, yeah. and you're like, and you get to just kind of slow down the convo, and and I think not taking things so personally. We you know when we're young, we learn. I think we just, and in ministry, you just feel like, as a leader, sometimes you're just being attacked constantly. Right. Which, and some of it's true. Some of it you're just, yeah, whatever. But it's not always about you. You know, as you get a leading for a long time, I get less and less offended. You know, I never yeah. want to be offended anyway. But when I was young, I used to get a lot more because I thought everything was pointed at me. And same thing in marriage. Like, she's frustrated. It's me. Yeah. You know? It's me. She just talked to me unlovingly. She didn't give me a long <laughs> enough hug. You know, you got these thoughts. Was she mad at me? Yeah. And then pretty soon I'll make that a reality. Yeah. You know, she's, yeah. now she's mad at me. You know, I keep asking, are you mad? Are you sure? You weren't being very nice. And now she's mad at me. You know, and so 
I think as we kind of learned to let the, give the other person space <laughs> and let them be and also deal with their own things. Mm -hmm. You know, as husbands, this is so textbook. People used yeah. to always tell me, you know, don't try to fix things. You know, your wife tells you something, don't try to fix it. Yeah. But it didn't really, I mean, compute real right. well for me. I still would. That's just my way I was handling things. And so, um, you know, with, with the counseling, with the tools, like really learning to just try to understand and then, yeah, the Holy Spirit's got Lorelai and and the ability to, for her to follow and and same thing with me. You know, I need that yeah. space sometimes too. Hey, I I'm going to get through this, but I need the Holy Spirit to come in. Well, know? listen, we can sit here and talk about marriage uh, for hours, but that's not what you guys fully carry. I mean, it's one of the things you carry. You guys are pioneers. Mm -hmm. um, at, right after you got married, let me just give a brief timeline. You guys can correct me if, mm -hmm. if I get wrong. You guys get married, right? You go to Brazil. Mm -hmm. You you start a base in Brazil, <coughs> Fortaleza, Brazil. Yeah. When Iris just had about I don't know what twenty locations. I think it was I don't remember how many, but it was not very yeah, many. not very many. <coughs> we're right now we're over seventy. Come on. Um, yep. And growing. I was just in Brazil at our Brazil family gathering, there was 180 yeah. people wow. that came to the Brazil gathering. I think when, when you start, <laughs> when you guys started it, there was... It was us and then there was Dersail. Yeah, so you were the second base in Brazil? Yeah. Incredible. <clears throat> and and so started that with Andrew Fanstone. That thing grew, started getting missionaries, started a school. Yeah. Still to this day, it's probably one of the most successful schools that we've mm. had Come in on. the sense of people getting planted. You guys have planted Jesus. how many bases within Iris? People we've trained and like some, some we've really run with like from the beginning and disciples from early believer stages. But in general, I think well, maybe yeah, 10. We, well, we've sent people that then plant right. to, you know, out of the pioneer school and people we mm -hmm. discipled. So I, I don't know the count. I don't know the count, but a a at least 10. A lot. Maybe, and maybe closer. Separate to from 12. locations, there's people that are serving all over the world mm -hmm. that you guys have trained and raised up. Uh, I've heard these statistics, and I hate statistics, but I think it I think it does speak to what you guys carry. I heard at times eighty percent of the people that came through your school were are full time, launched. which those numbers are psychopath numbers. Nobody mm -hmm. sees those numbers. It's it's true. Yeah, it really is true. Like totally. think of a ministry school like eighty percent of the people that go through that ministry school like go into full time ministry. That's what you guys carry, and and then all of a sudden. You hit pause and you're like, "We're going to Japan." One of yep. the most one of the most difficult. It really is. It's yep. known as as a missionary <laughs> graveyard. Yeah, it's known as one of the most difficult places. Not just difficult uh, spiritually, language, communication, culture, and boom, you guys went for it two and a half years ago. You moved there. Give us that process. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Well, anytime we talk about Fortaleza. I could just cry still because it's a huge, big piece of our hearts. And mm. it's like, you know, family, we love them. So much has changed and grown and mm. all those things. But uh, that will always continue to be a huge part of our hearts. Um, we knew that um, Asia was like on the horizon before we even moved to Brazil 10 days after our wedding. Um, so we knew it was going to be after. Hold on. At 10 days point. after your wedding, you moved mm. to Brazil? Yeah. 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 We did okay. have a 40-day honeymoon in Brazil when we moved back. Okay, Not to go. mislead. But still, so we had like a 10-day honeymoon and another 40-day honeymoon. So we had time. Right, but most people <laughs> say, the like, beach. that's the, like, the take a year. Yeah, you know, it's, it's good advice. 
Okay. But, but <laughs> you have to follow Jesus. So we right. would never take back our choices that yeah. we wanted mm-hmm. to follow Jesus. We did not want to get stuck in yep. an American way of thinking or yep. be entrenched in, oh, I had a baby, now let's wait a little yep. bit, and then get stuck. No, I'm so with you. We just went for it. And we wouldn't, yeah. we would not trade that, wouldn't even trade. though it was the hardest. And Moosey and I did life. eight months yeah. after right. we got married. And people were like, don't do it. It's going right. to And I totally disagree. I disagree yeah. because you're, you're always setting precedent. You're always right. putting grooves in the ground. You go, no, right. I could take a year. Well, you've set grooves for one year of what your life is now like. Right. And then to move, I mean, you know this, I, I, how many people get stuck in that first year? Everything changes. Yeah. Everything is oh, Jobs, not going out. kids, whatever. Yeah, yeah I got responsibilities. But they yeah. got groups. Same thing in the mission field. I move and I'm going to take my time to get mm-hmm. started on. I got to learn language before I do mm-hmm. anything. Well, how many people do language for three years and then they burn out? Yeah. Do nothing. Because for three years, their whole groove is, I'm only studying. I don't know how to preach the gospel anymore after three years in this culture. Because <laughs> it's how I relate to the culture. Yeah. And so I we wouldn't take it back. Was it a lot? It was a lot. Yeah. Especially for Lorelai. Lorelai really was... The one in the, you know, he for both of us. I didn't know the language. He knew yeah. the language. I knew the language. I was having a baby immediately. And now how the turntables have turned. Now yeah. you know the she language. She knows the language better. I cut you off. I was just blown <laughs> no, away yeah, at the, good. at the, right after you got married, you moved out. But continue yeah. on. Yeah. So um, we, we knew he had had like a vision about Brazil and America and Asia. Mm-hmm. And when one of my first significant missions trips was to Asia and China. And so I knew God had something in Asia for us. Um, and so, yeah, so there's a whole story of how we felt called to Japan, which was a shock in many ways to both of us. We knew we were called to the unreached. It's less than 1% in Japan right now. And, um, and so basically we went on a vision trip and God just wrecked our hearts, um, for that place. And so, um, it's so different than anything that we've done yet. It's not third world. I think that was the biggest, like, big shift for yeah. us. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just like Japan feels like a different planet. Um, yeah. And the and so, yeah, um, now we're two and a half years in and have a beautiful community and team that is growing and they're just my greatest joy in Japan. <laughs> um, just seeing everybody grow and um, stepping out in faith and becoming more and more radical, yeah. doing life. Now in Brazil was lots of singles. We were like the only family. <laughs> and now it's like all families, just little not kids. all, but most of them are families with little kids. So it's like, we're all learning and growing together. Yeah. So it's been a challenge. You know, there's, you're so used to doing when, when God really moves like Fortaleza, mm-hmm. God moved. And in six years, we had maybe 40 right. full-time missionaries right. living in the house. Some people had already been sent out. So we just had actually 100 people coming through, hundreds. And we had schools and all these programs. And it was just amazing what God was doing. But also the unity, the community part mm. was just so great. Yeah, You know, we love, till this day, those guys are family. Um, I don't communicate that well anyway. So, you know, but they are family. And yeah. we love those guys. And when we went to Japan, we... We really didn't know how that was going to happen. But we believe God, his intent is for that kind of love, brotherly love and community mm-hmm. as a basis for church. And then from that, reaching the unreachable, you know, the unreached and going out and setting up prayer rooms. And so we we thought to do that, but we didn't know how to do it in Japan. And just logistics, you get you get in a I think we got a little stuck thinking about how we've done it before. Mm. how we used yeah. to do it. You know, this is what worked in Brazil. And then you get to a place like Japan and it's just like, 
I don't, you know, we, I've taught mission schools for a long time. And I, I remember calling Heidi and go, I probably shouldn't teach at those because I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, like, <laughs> how did you enter a new culture? You know, when I went right. to Mozambique, it was already established, like, some of the programs. We just got to flow and come in. Um, but it's like those old books to read about, like, got to figure out the culture again. Yep. How does this work? How do you present the gospel to these people? Yep. Now, I'm passionate about not changing or watering down. Right. And so I come in like, look, this is what it is. The cross is a cross. You're going to have to carry your cross and follow Jesus. Um, and so I was telling you, you know, but with Americans, I have to say that like five times. Yeah. You know, for them to, you know, and that's part, I'm like that too. Right. It's like, yeah, I'm going to die for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. That sounds so good. And then, you know, you got to really dig in. I know this is what it actually means. And then people go, oh, oh, oh you know, and by then, like, oh, I mm -hmm. get it. This, this is hard. Right. Well, with Japanese, they're so sincere. I, if I did it that way, someone came to me and Japanese said, they're going to want to die today if you do it like that. They'll you go know? and obey right away. Because <laughs> they're so sincere. They just take it like, oh, wow. You know, so you say it one time. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, they'll, t they'll think about it for like two weeks, you know, yeah. but they get it. And so just forming and changing our way of doing things, not to water it ever down. I think that's really key. You yeah. don't want to water it down. Or, but just how are these people created? How did God build these people how can we communicate yep. and what is my culture that i'm bringing in that is actually not kingdom culture it's just western or mm. it's this or my family culture this is how i grew up this is what i think love looks like and just really kind of stripping ourselves of that and trying to get god's heart and so it's been beautiful for us to grow and learn about god's heart but it's also taken so much change yeah. for us and how we think and like community we all live together that was great right it was hard like you know i think most people get how hard that might be um, but it also provided so much opportunity for discipleship and love in that context. And then when you're in Tokyo, we knew God had spoken to us. We weren't going to all be in one house in the beginning. Yeah. And so now we're living different, you know, in the same part of the city, but um, definitely have to commute to each other. And so how do you do community when people are living in their own houses? And how do you do discipleship in that, in that zone and build the same level of love? You know, um, it's stuff we're still praying about you know we feel like god's given us a breakthrough been there for two and a half years but we're always learning and growing and just need you know need the holy spirit all the time so what's been some of the most what's been some of the largest culture shocks mm. yeah for you like what yeah uh i think walking into tokyo for the first time like mm -hmm. moving there was the silence in the largest city of in the world what you hear when you go into one of the biggest train stations in the world where you're walking surrounded by thousands of people what you hear is the swishing of pants and footsteps because nobody's speaking <laughs> they really? don't they yeah. really value silence and like yeah they really value silence and so there's just like not a lot of just community and conversation that happens it's like basically prohibited to talk on the train so you'll be in a train car with like 300 people squished you know against each other but nobody's talking everyone's just like looking at their phone so that was pretty shocking just like how do you build connection mm. when there's only certain settings where it's appropriate to like talk right you know or even yeah so that was probably like just a, like as i stepped into the country and continues to be like wow this is and coming back to America, like, oh, I can have a deep conversation with the Trader Joe's lady, like, yeah. about my life, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Especially here in Tennessee, people go yeah. deep, like, uh, like right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. So that was shocking. Um, and then, like Herb said, <laughs> like, they're so careful. Like, mm. a beautiful thing about them is they're so, they think so 
carefully and clearly about any gift, any word they say. Mm. They're so deeply sincere and um, and heartfelt. Any mm. word they say, you better believe. Like you know, is you know if if you're having a real conversation, like they're not just like fluff kind of people. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Maybe you didn't pass some of that <clears throat> wall that they have, you know. But it's it's a it's a very unique culture, and so you know. We, uh, Japan was not really ever personally on my radar. Like mm-hmm. I thought we were called there. Um, but it was always on my radar as a very unique place for missions. Yes. Like a very interesting history. It's really, you know, one of a kind. You know, you have some of the considered hardest places. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless oh, bless you. And, Sorry. you know, you have some of these hardest places in the world, you know, Tibet, you know. And right. You have these. and uh, <coughs> But generally, there's some trends on those. Like it's mm. highly illegal to be Christian and it's persecuted and all these things. And. Um, or it's very hard terrain, hard to get yeah. there. And um, and so Japan is open to Christianity, like legally, mm-hmm. right? It's been open. There's been missionaries. There's been money. Sent, you know, it's like there's not really a block there when it comes to some of those natural factors. Yeah. But it's just never taken real root in Japan. And there is like, it, you know, what, there's a whole Jesuit. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, what is really interesting is that, you know, we had the, the Jesuits did go in early on when right. it opened and, uh, before it was really isolated. And so there was a bit of a revival there. It was taking root there among the Japanese. Um, and then there was a mass persecution. Which, so some of this is normal historically, mm-hmm. right? Except what happened here is actually some of the main Jesuit priests not only recanted, which okay, the truth is actually historically, yeah, there, there are a lot of people that recant their faith. But generally speaking, and this is you know weird to historians that aren't believers, a lot of people don't. Most people just remain faithful. And so, and, and you know, there's that saying, you know, it's on the blood of the martyrs that revival comes, yeah. right? And, and, and so there were a lot of martyrs, like Japanese martyrs, but some of the leaders, and this is unusual, especially at that time, the Jesuits became Buddhists and helped to, um, and some of the main, man, you know, Silence, have you seen this movie, Silence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was based on true, on a, some historical facts, but it's not a true story necessarily. But um, there, some of the main leaders sent in, and the Jesuits did turn, and then later help them actually monitor for like Christianism, Christianity coming in, any Christian symbolism and stuff like that coming in, wow. and took on like Japanese wives and just fully really? came under that. Yeah, and so this is really demonic. This is really and then there was secret. Christianity, where they would have Buddhism stuff, and then literally behind it, they'd have a plaque of one of the saints mm. or something. So it was like so they were bound not, to, yeah. It was hidden, yeah. you know, and that um, that's poisonous, I think. Yeah. Um, and and made hiding yeah. your faith. Yeah. Well, and they were just bowing to, you know, so they're bowing to the Buddha, right? Which you had to, you know, uh, during that time. <coughs> now it's not exactly like that, right? But um, back then, and so they would say, "Oh, I'm bowing to the thing behind it." Yeah, you know, and and so, but you don't have a boldness there anymore, right. and all the bold ones were killed hmm. systematically hundreds and, hundreds and of tortured them. and, um, you know, and so you have all of that, and and I think the big standout is like there was a there was a lot of those leaders that actually just denied Christ. Yeah, I don't know, and so there's a strong demonic thing Crazy. still over that place, <laughs> and I'm not saying it's just all back there, but it's just always historically, even back then, these are unusual things, and so it always stuck out to me when we, you know research mission history, God, where you've been praying for places. So we always wanted to send people to Japan. It's always mm-hmm. been just a place that, you know, in general, it was considered a very proud place, really mm-hmm. proud people that love being Japanese. And there was a moment of humility, deep humility after the war, right? Um, but soon, very soon after, 
their economy started coming back. And then they were kind of, you know, that became kind of their, their God and their identity is that they were some of the best in the world at what they do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, it's a very much a, still has that pride. Yeah. Um, but with their economy now being where it is, it's just not doing great. The birth rate has been in constant decline. So it's right. just imploding in that sense. Suicide is all Through the roof. High. Yeah, every day. Absolutely. Yeah, every day, you know, the trains, you'll yeah. see the... Train lines shut down for a couple hours because personal injury. That just means someone jumped in front a mm-hmm. of a train. Yeah. Um, but that's not the only way people do it. Obviously, there's you know you, we were talking about suicide force. Yeah, and, and you've 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 jumped right in, right? I'm I got to one of the people that you've been discipling came and stayed with us. Yeah. Yes, uh, in October. So yeah. stinking sweet. She's yes. amazing. Would you mind sharing a little bit of her story and what uh, just to give people a taste of what yeah. things look like? Yeah. Well, it's a, like there's a lot of um, a lot of suicide. It's just an incredibly high rate, and so um, yeah, I think um, she experienced suicide in her family in a very um, traumatic way, as many kids do. Um, her dad took his life, and she was right there at a very young age. You, you um, told me they were like <clears throat> playing, like they were hanging out. Yeah. And then just moments later, she found it. Yeah. Like it was like nothing's wrong, and yeah. then. Yeah, and then, um, I mean, I'm sure that that was a five-year-old's perception. Yeah. So, um, and then the next moment she walked over to see where he was, and yeah, he had committed suicide. So um, that obviously mm. had a big impact, and, um, and this then This is she, common, Yeah. Right? This isn't like, like a large percent of people that you're ministering to in your meeting, they have this in their story. Yeah. Well, yeah either I a think friend or, right. or everybody somebody. Everybody has somebody. Yeah, like it's common to know okay. somebody. And then I think sure. everybody has friends that are struggling with crippling social anxiety and depression. Um, I feel like, yeah, most of the people I know struggle to go, like, go out a lot of the time, um, even just because there's so much anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, like, more than 50% of, like... Uh, they're called mamatomos, which means mom friend, which mm-hmm. has been the major like access point for me with my kids' schools and all that. And so moms, husbands, all of it. You know, there's you know, there's kids even that there's a, a term called hikikomori. Is this what you were telling me, the yes. guys that lock it, please <clears throat> yeah. fill fill people in on this. I'd never heard this before. Yeah, so it's kind of a phenomenon in Japan where um, there's, you know, so much social pressure to be successful and incredible um and they are incredible Mm -hmm. but if you fail in your own eyes or in the eyes of your company where you work or whatever you lose your job um i think most of the hikikomori are in their 40s men there are plenty of kids as well and 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 women but most of them are like 40 year old men who lost their job or some kind of social failure and they just give up on life they don't commit suicide but they just lock themselves in their room and stop living they won't even feed themselves if they have a mom or family member that will like bring them food but there's actually a part of the government whose job in society is to go clean up the bodies that have rotted um and so it's like it's a known reality so they'll just they won't take their life but they will slow death yeah starve yeah Yeah. Yeah, and some people will live as hikokomori for years yeah so it's not always that they will you know but there's all kinds of factors, obviously demonic and, you mm-hmm. know, and so people will die. I mean, there's people that haven't seen sunlight for years. 
crazy in Japan. Yeah. And it's, so it's a term. It's a, it's to say it's normal is, you know, I don't know That's how normal known. statistically, but yeah. it's very like known. You know, it's a normal thing. If you knew, if you'd say, oh, hikokomori, people would know. Absolutely. Yeah. And they would probably know somebody or, you know, and so. And it's just crippling depression. Yeah. Because you've failed. Yeah. So yeah. you lock yourself away. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, it's, and you've been in Japan quickly, I think, right? Yeah, and, very quickly. But it's, even if you go for a little bit, I think it's like, it's, it's very, like, I think people are very fascinated. It's such a different culture. Um, and there's some real beauty to it, of course. But ultimately, we're there because the culture is mm -hmm. terrible. I mean, that's why missionaries go, right? It's because actually, you know, people are always like, oh, Japanese culture. But, you know, I think it makes you very ineffective to think that way mm. in the sense that, God's there to bring his culture. There's something here going on. There's For never culture, culture based right? on yeah. just like uh, You would say that about any culture. Any like culture. You're, not, you're not just picking on Japan. No. Like you'd Listen say to like Americans. I'm saying about God's culture. culture versus that's any right. culture that culture. is not yeah. kingdom, kingdom culture, culture is not pleasing to God and is not going to bring life. There's aspects that are like God's nature and beautiful because they reflect how beautiful right. Jesus yeah. is. Um, but it can be such a a tripping point for missionaries that get intrigued and fascinated with the culture that they're mm -hmm. in wherever, whether it's African culture that's beautiful or right. a piece of Asian culture or Brazil, South American, there are beautiful pieces of every culture. But if we're not like a hundred percent aimed at like, even this beautiful part, is it actually the kingdom mm. culture? Cause that's, right. and that's where even in our missionary like community and when we're building, we'll have people from all different nations and, you know, there's some of the nations, we all are going to come in thinking, well, this is the right way, yeah. naturally, you know. And so that's where we we always want to point it to kingdom culture. Oh, it's yeah. not the American way. It's not the Brazilian or the Japanese way. Like, what's actually kingdom culture? Yeah. yeah. And, so. and for instance, there's not a lot of crime in Japan. It's one of the safest places. Our kids go on the train and bus every day to school. It's a 40-minute 40 40 commute every, you know, each way. And they Maybe. do that themselves. Some I would never usually let them do in Brazil. Right, right, right. You know, um, and it's still, you know, some people are probably like, oh, it's uneasy. But actually four or five-year-olds go alone. Yeah. In, in these little school, yellow school hats. And, you know, it's safe. Now, it's not like there's no crime. But, like, compared to everywhere else, like, right. it's, and, and I think people go, wow, you know. But we have to look at, like, if it's not based on, where is it, where is it coming from? Why, why are people not stealing? Right, something's on the on the floor in Japan. Usually, you'll find you drop something. You'll find it up on a little ledge next to wherever it was mm. a day later. That's you know, I've never we've never actually lost anything in Japan. We've left things, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it's very normal. But it's actually usually it would come from a place of just a. It's a very uh, strong culture, very oppressive in, in shame. Right, so you know, you know, shame culture, and so it's not really like oh, I want to do good. It's like I, need, I should do good because otherwise. I'll be shamed, right? Like, how mm -hmm. can I do this? And so, you know, you don't talk on the train. It's not like a written rule. You know, it's just that it's inconveniencing everybody else by you talking loud. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not. It's not a rule. There's no. You're not going to say like, it's like don't talk on your cell phone on trains, or you know, that'll say for mostly for the foreigners, it'll have those announcements. But in general, you just don't do anything that would inconvenience somebody else because you could. That would bring shame. Yeah. And so, it's it's looking at the culture. Yeah, that's beautiful. No crime. That's great. But where is this coming from? Where, what's the heart behind this? What does God want to do in this? Not, not that he wants people to commit crimes. That's right. not the point. But also, there's this kind of oppressive thing happening. I think it happens in a lot of cultures. So like you said, it's, it's, every culture has things. Um, but it's something that we're really just pr always praying. And we want to see, because I think the Japanese are a...
passionate people. Yep. Mm. They and so that's kind of been muted in them, and there's mm -hmm. not a lot of expression. So actually, a ton of Japanese youth they want to move out. They don't want yeah. to be in Japan. Be, and that's why English is growing. Like the need for English in Japan is growing, and we're gonna you know we're planning on doing those programs to reach kids. And but it's because they don't see a future in Japan, and yeah. they see movies and they see even Korean drama where they're passionate and they're excited, and they go, "That's not my reality. I don't mm. get to speak what I feel." Yeah, and so. Um, you know, we are praying for breakthrough, and I think God's doing it. It's not, it's not we, just us being there. We, we started with the story. I interrupted you during it, but about Xi'an. Yeah. Right? So she found her father at a young age mm. after taking his life. And this is one of the first people that you have started pouring into in Japan. Yeah. Right, uh, right away we yeah. met her. So uh, the church that hosted our visa, they're amazing. Um, they were having us do like Holy Spirit nights. Mm -hmm. They love Holy Spirit, which is awesome. One of the few churches in Japan um, like that. <laughs> and so um, we were doing that. Shion came with her mom and her brother, and they got really touched. She got um, filled with the Holy Spirit and started, you know, speaking in tongues. And wow. it was like, you know, she got baptized in the Holy Spirit wow. for the first time. Um, and from there, we were like, oh, she's really hungry. Something's happened. Let's meet together. Um, and then she eventually moved in with us because... We often do that. She wanted to grow in God, grow in English. It wasn't like she was moving in as a missionary at that point. Um, she was 18 and had a season where she didn't necessarily have something going on. But now, two and a half years later, she's full-time missionary, leading outreach and growing and leading worship and speaking English. And Incredible. we've learned Japanese with her. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but funny story like that. I mean... I was asking Shion, like, where have you, you know, traveled other than because she came yeah. to America and stayed with you guys. So great. Um, she she went to Korea um, when she was like 15 for her first time out of Japan. I said, what did you like about it? And she said, people seemed alive. Wow. <laughs> was literally her words. So it's yeah. just interesting. Um, I mean, it's beautiful what God's doing in, in yeah. her life and other people and other Japanese as well. We're starting to see. And. You know, Shion actually, she texted me uh, this morning. I don't oh, think yeah. we even connected <laughs> about this, but uh, she she's really feeling to go to Libya. She wants to go and, you know, into these hard reach places. And that's not something we've, we've said. It's the Holy Spirit's wow. moving. And we love that, that, you know, she's she's just going for it. And yeah. she's passionate she's, about yep. God and, and pursuing him. Marching and, into bars, preaching the gospel incredible. in downtown Tokyo. Yeah. It's just so awesome. So yeah. you, you guys are, you're in the early stages Two and a half years in, mm. it's totally different than what you thought, right? Yeah, it's hard to know what. I knew people were like, oh, you've pioneered before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've never done it with this age of kids and certainly never done it in, you know, in yeah. Asia. So, um, yeah, But the it's principles new. of pioneering that you learned early mm. on, like the heartbeat behind yeah. it, yeah. has been the same. Like, you guys yes. haven't changed. Right. I love that. But yeah. I've watched you both adapt. Mm. I've watched you both morph beautifully because you have to, to mm. a different season. I think out of all of our iris bases, you are the one that's in the most first world city, Yeah. right? Yeah. Which is awesome to think about, because when I think of Herb and Lorelai, I'm like, <sighs> you know, we used to roll around Pemba and go to the, like, oh, yeah. the middle of nowhere jungles, and you're like, that's where I want to be, and you would, <laughs> yeah. Like, and so to, to, to watch this beautiful metamorphosis that God has had you guys on is fantastic. And I think, I think you guys, I can't think of better people to go and just mm -hmm. serve in Japan. Mm. I, I want, and I haven't done this on any of the seasons po podcast, 
But one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on is so that these amazing people can see you and meet you guys. Mm. Mm. Um, because I want you guys to legit think about sewing into this work. Mm. They would never, they haven't asked me for this. They would never ask me for this. But uh, if you want to partner with a brand new pioneering work in a nation that is unreached, mm. um, these guys are incredible soil. And I've run with them. I've walked with them. I've watched them raise their kids. I've watched them in their highs and in their lows. And there's very few that I could back 110%. Mm-hmm. And with you guys, it's much easier. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's 150%. Like, these guys are gold. Um, the honesty, the integrity, the love, the passion, and the straight-up Christ-like discipleship that you guys do is mm-hmm. mind-boggling to me. And so I wanted to put this out and you guys know me you've watched a ton of the green rooms i've never asked for anything like this in any of them but i can't think of better soil wow. and so how can they get in touch with you how can they reach out how can wow. people partner with you oh it's so sweet yeah, yeah we're expecting that <laughs> um i mean we're through we're at irish global base <laughs> you know uh and so you can give through irish global Mm-hmm. And you can also follow Lorelai's Instagram. <laughs> don't what? follow mine because I don't. Yeah, you're the ever worst. Post. But Lorelai posts stuff. What, yeah. What's your Instagram? Lorelai? And we'll stick it in. Lorelai the LB. So L O R E L E I. It's a weird name. LB. Lorelai LB. What's LB. the LB stand for? Uh, Lions Barbudi. My last name is, was Lions. Lions? Mm. I didn't know that. Yes. And <laughs> if there are ways, like people, because people are always watching, they're like, man, I want to partner with somebody. I want to, you know, some people like, buildings some people like church some people like you know sewing into different aspects of different ministry what are what are some different ways like needs that you guys have right now yeah well we we started a church a little church in our prayer room that god miraculously provided this building for us so um there's plenty that we still need to do with that building it's like a 80 year old house Mm -hmm. um but i think you know we want to start some some kids programs we've also just stepped into the beginning of the adoption and fostering process, which will be a, we believe it's part of the breakthrough into, yeah. So that's going to be a big, you know, a big investment, a big step of faith financially and in every other way. How much does it cost to adopt? Um, I think around 10,000. Okay, guys, you, we can do this. That's easy. You guys (laughs) can do this. This is a dream. So if they want to give towards that, um, just when you give, on the Irish Global web- website, just earmark it, uh, Herbert and Lorelai, and you'll see it. There's a way, and we'll put a link in the description, yeah. and we'll make sure that if somebody wants to give to that, that they can. Yeah, yeah. and we love connecting with people, so send me a DM. I love connecting with awesome. people. and Awesome. Yeah. Yep. D- yeah. DM Lorelai. And yes. come to Japan. We yes, need more please. laborers out there. But not if you're weird. Not if, not if <laughs> you you're... You can be weird. We're weird. No. But the right kind no, of weird. No, the right kind of weird. Right That's not what I'm talking That's about. That's right. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> not if you're like a weirdo. Don't come. <laughs> uh, but we do. We need more missionaries out there. Yeah. And so we're starting... The borders just opened a few months ago. Because okay. it was totally locked down for COVID for uh, most visas. And so, yeah, anyone that feels called, you know, we... It's part of our... Our passion, our call is to train others and to disciple. So, yeah. you know, that won't be for everybody, but those that are called to Japan, it's a good time. Like God yeah. is opening people's hearts for, historically, it's one of, it's the best time ever that has ever been. People are humbled mm. and they're ready. They're broken, but they're ready. 
Yeah. You know, and that's where the gospel comes in and people, you know, it's when they humble themselves mm-hmm. that God draws in near. So uh, if you if you could handpick like three missionaries with skill sets mm. for this next season, what would they be? Well, neither of us are administrators. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, skill sets. We do feel God pulling. Yeah, worship, worship leaders. And worship leaders, we do feel to start training as well and doing schools. So. So, yeah, so there's that. I mean, those callings, I think um, people that are passionate about kids, we just keep giving, keep getting given a lot of children on the team, but also from the Japanese. They're they're some of the most open people. Everyone's so busy, but the kids have become, and some of them become very passionate for the Lord, really passionate and are trying to lead their parents to to Jesus. It's been, you know, it was a girl that um, we've been kind of running with a little bit and her, for her birthday, she asked her dad, you know, her dad asked, what, what do you want? And she said, I want to be baptized for my birthday, and which he said, no, absolutely not. He's Buddhist. But she comes and, to our youth. You know, but she still comes, her and her brother, and, and through it, you know, she has not given up. She's still in love with Jesus mm-hmm. and just keeps reaching out to her parents. So people, you know, God is moving in that sector. It's not actually the one we're like the most like, yeah, that's always what we do. But people that are called to that, you know, we're always looking for more creative people that can work with kids. Yeah. It's funny, though, because you give it 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And they'll be 25. Which you guys will be. You'll be there for, I mean, you'll be there for a long time. I hope so. And those ones will be the leaders. Those ones will be, and you will have discipled them for a while. Mm. an extended period of time and then they're going to marry each other then, <laughs> no like this is yeah. actually like this is actually what what happened i love this mm. i Come love on. hearing that god's moving on the kids yeah because you're gonna have years to sow into them yeah and, yeah and they won't be hung up have the hang-ups that that the adults that you're ministering to right now yeah are. now we yeah. want of course we want everybody to come but that's right yeah. and it's that's such a strategy of the lord come on and the lot i mean if there's three areas another really big one is just media Okay. It's just a way so to media, reach people. Kids, kids worship. Worship. Yeah. Japanese spend so much time on their phone because they're transiting mm-hmm. for two, three hours a day. Um, that's the lifestyle there because it just yeah. takes a long time. And what you do is you look at your phone. So yeah. that's actually one of the best ways to reach men and, and youth and people because they yeah. spend so much time on yeah. their phones. Yeah. Now, Josh is coming. He's going to listen. I, when I When I say, like, I'm behind these guys 100%, I am. Come on, a hundred percent. I'm actually sending my 16 year old to be with you guys. Well, you guys yeah. are receiving him. Come on, which is incredible. And, yeah, but wow. he got Amazing. touched very powerfully through you guys ministering to him. Wow. And when I this is, whew, I can't say this. I'm gonna lose my stuff, <laughs> so okay. I won't. Just breathe. Um, my son came up to me and he said, "Dad, I want to go to Japan." Mm. And I was like, "Why?" He's like, "I don't know. He's an experience." And I was like. No, because mm. like you have experience, and he's like, no, but I really want to go to Japan. I was like, but buddy, why? Like, why do you want to go? Why do you want to go? And it took like ten minutes, and finally, like in a moment of honesty, right? And I think, I think he didn't want to share, you mm. know, what was going on deep inside, because he's, you know, he's sixteen, he's figuring this thing out. He goes, Dad, I want to be discipled by Herbert and Lorelai. Mm. Like, no. I've never heard my kids say that at all. And that's what you guys carry. I'm sending wow. my own son there. So, like, I love you guys. I love what Come God's on. doing. The impact you've had on Iris, the impact that you continue to have on Iris, the impact that you've had on so many of our teams, down to my own son and my family, uh, is incredible. You guys are pillars 
in Iris, mm. and a lot of what has been built globally is mm. fruit of your life. Mm. And I'm super pumped that you guys get to see these guys because, you know, of course you see Heidi, you see my ugly mug on the green room, you see Roland, you see, you see but underneath all of it mm. is people like this uh, who are just giving their all in all. And I love having you guys see this because I think you can see how natural it is, right? A lot of us have these ideas of the way it should be. If I could simplify your life, it's radical obedience, passion mm -hmm. for the Lord, and very limited boundaries. <laughs> I think, right. honestly, and like I, I know that people love their boundaries, and you guys have tons of boundaries, but they're not they they're not self centered. Mm -hmm. I think you're like I think you guys model any boundary that keeps me from doing what the Lord has called me to do. Mm. Uh, is not a boundary that we want. That's right. Right. So I, I love that. I think you guys model so much mm. incredible stuff, and you, it's evident in the fruit of your lives. It's evident in the fruit of your kids. It's evident in the fruit of your marriage. It's evident in the fruit of the many, many people globally that are serving the Lord because of what you've done. Mm. And so, for all of you watching, connect with these guys. So into them. Let's get them the ten grand. Like that's nothing. And you know me. I don't ask. I never ask you guys for anything, but this is good soil. It's, it, we can get you guys the 10 grand. These guys can do it. Mm. Come on. Wow. Seriously. Like, <laughs> look, how amazing. Like, come on, green room. Let's adopt a baby. Mm. And, <laughs> like, and, and honestly, like, I trust my own son with you guys. I, I, come on. I can't imagine how incredible it's going to be when you guys adopt in Japan. Mm. You guys are amazing. So wow. is there any other ways they can connect with you? You, you said your Instagram. You're on the Iris website. Yeah, we as have well. our we have our across uh, Iris cross culture mm -hmm. website, which is yep. not fully up and running, but it, but it is. Um, okay. So you can look on there. Crossculture.org. Um, yeah. Crossculture.org. So, so that's our you know our NPO and that's our name in Tokyo is yep. um, is I, Iris cross culture. Um, on on Instagram, so that actually is great to just see oh, yeah, like what's happening yeah. mm -hmm. in Tokyo, uh, like what's happening on outreach, what did church look like, all that kind of stuff. Awesome. So yeah, guys, jump in, <clears throat> jump in. I love you guys. Listen, oh, we could talk for you, hours, but we've already gone uh, an hour. Uh, yeah, Come on. time flies when you're having fun. So um, good. Love wow. you guys. Super excited for what's going on. And uh, guys, like and subscribe and share. Uh, send this to somebody and because it'll bless them and we love you guys and i will see you on the next iris global green room see you guys awesome thanks well, great job guys wow. sweet man thank you so much <laughs>